0: Welcome to the Tron Church Podcast. Uh, my name's Fraser, and I'm here again with... Uh, again.
1: How many is this on the trot, Fraser? Four?
0: Four. Well, the people keep asking for four. more, and I don't want to disappoint.
1: Fraser's so. been behind the desk, behind the... You've seen enough. He's stepped in, and he's taking yeah. over. Well, four I weeks on the trot. Thought I
0: had to come and sort it out So, you guys... It's here, an, intervention. <laughs> an intervention.
2: An <laughs> intervention.
0: Yes. So we're <I'm> here again <laughs> with, with Paul and Josh, as you've heard, and we're going to... Uh, discuss the sermons that we heard together. Um, Josh was preaching in the morning, um, Luke again, and Paul was in Acts. So we'll start with the morning service. Josh, one of the key things which sort of stuck out to me was just that way in which Jesus was like us and identifying Mm -hmm. with his people, but yet obviously also so set apart. You pointed out that he was Baptized just like everyone else, but only for him did the heavens open. Only for him did um, God speak from heaven and say, This is my son with whom I'm pleased. Um, why is that such an encouraging thing for us to know? Why is it such an important thing for us to know, do you think, Josh?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it strikes at the very uh, heart of the gospel. The it, it, It's showing us um, Jesus' perfect obedience. Um, so that he can actually be the the legitimate, the appropriate kind of substitute for us. So he's not just in a in an obscure sense, a sacrifice, but in a very particular sense, he's actually uh, retraced uh, only perfectly um, the the missteps of Adam and the missteps of Israel. and so our missteps. Um, he's he's able to do that because he's 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 fully man. He is like the rest. He identifies with the rest. Look, looks at Pian's to make that clear. throughout. he is he's man, but he's also God, and so he's not just um, an appropriate uh, an appropriate substitute by virtue of being human like us, but uh, he's actually able to withstand um, uh, the the weight of uh, God's judgment because because he's God and yeah i mean it's it's a striking victory isn't it Hmm. um in it retracing everything (laughs) look look packs in you know he's he's not just true abraham uh, abraham's true son um the true son of abraham he's he's a true king in the line of david but he's actually you know stepping further back he is the representative of of humanity in place of of adam Uh, I, i love that Picture of it's one of I can't I can't remember who who um, kind of first coined it, but the picture of the two giants, Mm. it's the two atoms, and uh, around their waist is a belt, and every single person um, who's ever lived is attached to the belt of one one of those atoms, Mm. and if it's uh, the first atom, we're dealt with according to all um, that we've inherited from him, our sin, everything else but what the lord jesus does when we trust in him is unhooks us from adam and hooks us onto his own, onto his own belt so we gain everything that he's done he's uh, his perfect record and, and we're dealt with as the divine son mm. um it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful gospel picture mm. and Luke, looks you know it's the thing that ties together the whole passage yeah. the son of god um there in there in the baptism there in the genealogy and then see it saying well because you're the son of God, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to test you. Um, So I can't even remember if I've answered your question. (laughs) Probably just about, (laughs) but
0: yeah, it's, it's, it was just so clear. I think throughout that contrast um, between where Adam had failed, where Israel had failed, where all God's people throughout the old Testament had failed. And Mm -hmm. here's Christ not failing. And, it's just such a, a wonderful thing and that these these things can be ours in, in Christ. Um and you mentioned um you know time and again the question was will will God's people take him at his word? Will they actually trust what he says? And that was, you know, the thing that Satan was uh, calling into question. Um Adam didn't,
1: Israel didn't, hmm. um, so many times we don't, but Christ did. That was just very helpful the, the contrast set up between Adam and the Lord Jesus and how, on every point Jesus where Adam failed, Jesus held firm mm-hmm. and he did take God at his word. So every time every time Satan was tempting him, Jesus' recourse was to remember mm-hmm. and speak and trust God's word. So he answered with the scriptures, didn't he, every time? Mm-hmm. And what God said, Jesus Clung to he didn't listen to Satan's lies, his distortions of the scripture. Um and that was, that was really striking the last of those temptations, the way which on that occasion Satan did quote scripture, but he twisted it. Yes. As he always does. Um and that was just quite. I hadn't really noticed that in the way you brought that out, but um, but it comes, it comes down to fundamentally: do we take God at his word? Do we trust mm-hmm what he says and and act on that Mm. um it's not just an an intellectual recognition that this might be true but in reality when it push comes to shove is it trusting Mm -hmm. and that's what jesus did um and that's what we're called to do it's Mm. you you had a line josh about trusting god not testing him
2: Mm. yes it's just a really helpful way of yes putting it it. the 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 kind of classic um, picture through exodus where lots of this stuff's picked up um later on in deuteronomy um the the, the actual events that happen um you know israel are saying we'd be better off back in egypt they've literally been in slavery having the most horrific their most horrific time their their cries go up to the lord he hears them he remembers his covenant the acts and rescues them and the minute they're rescued they're thinking oh we'd be better off back back in slavery um, and it's one of the, the contrasts you see the whole way through um, Exodus is um, the Lord's people living by sight not faith mm. so things begin to look oh no oh, I don't really like the look of this and so it's trusting what they see rather than trusting what they knew to be true about God and what God has said and in a sense that's the perennial the perennial battle for people of any era of any stage yeah. um, are, are we going to take the Lord at his word but but actually, it's so it's so stark and striking the way it's put in Exodus. Yeah. We'd be better off back in slavery. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just
0: it, yeah, it's so jarring. Yeah, and it just seems like such madness. Like, how on earth could you possibly think that that would ever be a better option? Mm-hmm. And having just been rescued from it, um, and it, you know, as you say, it is so clear there. But really, at heart, that's the same thing that's that's going on with us. You know. We would rather return to slavery to mm. sin in in the first Adam than have the the rescue from slavery that we have in Christ, the the second and true and better Adam. Mm. Um, and it's yeah, it's, it's you know, we, it could be frustrating, kind of how how quickly we we turn back to just our old ways and and forgetting um, mm. that actually. Mm. True worship of God. This is you said that some true worship of God is of superior value than possessing the whole world, and you know we come to church and we're reminded of that. And we know it, but yet mm. Monday yeah, morning we, comes, Monday afternoon comes, and it's gone. Almost.
1: Yeah, we're so we're so small-minded, aren't we? We we forget our creatureliness. Like God is the creator of all things. He sees everything. We see like a minute fraction of reality, mm-hmm. and we trust our. Perception rather than his. That's right. It's like with, you know, with children. Like, children have got no idea about anything. And, (laughs) you know, sometimes parents will sort of present a choice to their children, like, do you want to go and do this? And, of course, the kids say no because, you know, they'd rather eat fish and chips at home from the freezer. And you're saying, no, there's something better. Um, And you know more because you're the parent. And so you say, we're going. (laughs) And when you get to this destination of these amazing fish and chips, I recommend that we hurry down and Troon. <laughs> but you, you go and the kids are like, this is amazing. And you say, well, you should trust me because I know a lot more than you do. Mm. And it's has been like that with the Lord. Like he knows everything. Mm. And we know just such a small amount. And actually we tend to just trust ourselves mm. rather than the Lord. And, um, you know, we can be quite silly. And we're happy to settle for
0: less. Like yeah. time and again, we're just happy yeah, to yeah. settle for something out like the freezer yeah. rather
2: than mm. something substantial, something really good. Yeah, yeah. You know. that, that's the other striking um, the 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 passages Jesus quotes in response. One of them harks back um, to or, uh, harking back to the, the the kind of arriving at the promised land. Um, and I mentioned the 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 forty days. Um, in the wilderness uh, linked to the spies in, in canaan and they, they go and they go to spy out the land and they can see it is a land flowing milk and honey just as was promised um but they also look and see oh the mighty men the, you know the, the chariots all, all the rest there's um there's a concern about what, what's before them they sang Our, the lord is a man of war with the breath of his nostrils he blew pharaoh's army into the sea yeah. and they arrive at the land they can see... It is everything that God said it would. Oh, but they're probably a bit too strong for us, mm. and so it, again, it's that it's that um, hmm. not not actually trusting. Hmm. It's it's this taking a tiny piece, a fraction of information, thinking, yeah, absolutely, th- th- this is this is the case. Hmm. But it it w- we mustn't kind of trivialize and think of oh, how silly of you know Old Testament Israel. Yeah. We absolutely do the same thing, don't we? Mm-hmm. But it, it's why it's essential that every week we're actually coming back to be um, reminded and um, encouraged and, and pointed back into the scriptures that th- this is what God is like. This is what God is like. This is the way the world is. This is the way the world is. Um, to not kind of fall fall to pieces at the first sign of, yeah. oh dear, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, the Lord's in control. The Lord is um, working out his purposes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's almost like it was a good idea having, you know, a pattern of seven days and coming to, to church once every you know, once a week because otherwise we'd just so quickly fall away. Mm-hmm. And even you know, even even with that, there are still times where during the week it's easy to to start drifting. And what are, what are some of the ways that um together corporately as a as a church family, we can be helping each other, helping our brothers and sisters to um not to drift, and not to forget
1: the goodness of god's promises to us, well I think trying to make the most of Sundays as we interact with each other and talking about the just the everyday blessings that the lord uh, gives to us you know primarily through the church and what he gives you know, one another mm. um, and that's a great encouragement um so it's nothing out of the ordinary. It's just the normal, the normal means of grace, uh, making the most of Sundays and all the opportunities to be able to gather together um, and one another. Mm. Uh, mm. You know, you might be arriving at church having had a horrendous week. Things are difficult, relational problems. You're not feeling very well. But there's going to be other folk in the church who are not in that position and they're able to get alongside you and mm. remind you that it's not all mm-hmm. uh, not all terrible and to remind you of the great hopes that we have mm. of eternity and um so i think just normal interactions with others at church yeah
0: it's, it's such a blessing just you know the number of times you come to church on a sunday or when you i don't know come into growth groups or release the word in the middle of the week and you're got all these things in your mind and actually as soon as you come into that room full of people mm. um who you know and love and you know that they know and love you mm. it just it does lift a burden and mm. it is such an encouragement and um a real tangible reminder of god's mm. goodness to us and um the blessings that he does uh, give us mm.
2: okay I, I, a couple couple other things on that i, I think um another another thing that we should think about is the um we we don't want to diminish people's when when actually what people can see is daunting and think and they think, oh my goodness, this is um we don't diminish that, but it it's always a it's always a case of perspective, isn't it? It's very easy for us to see things completely out of perspective and um you know, arriving at the land of Canaan and seeing a mighty army. That's not nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, wondering where your next meal is coming from. Hmm. You know, there's no there, there's no bread, there's no water. You know, that's not nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so. The answer isn't to diminish the. Um, what what we see, but it's actually just to enhance. Mm. Yes, but but look at the history of how God does things. Mm-hmm. Remember remember. Um, how supreme over everything he is so it's not a it, it can be unhelp. It's, it's often unhelpful isn't it to diminish people when people are finding something really difficult diminishing that and say oh it's not that big that's probably not what's helpful but actually the, the, the truth the truth is bigger hmm. th- than that and i think a second thing building what paul said and being together on sundays being part of a church family when one of the struggles is um not going along with what we see but actually faith and trusting what God has said um I, I was so struck struck by that when we were, when we were spending time in first John actually our love for one another mm. our um our bonds with one another actually give sight to the unseen God mm. <laughs> so when when mm. people are struggling with um what they can see and you know they should be trusting in in the Lord actually there are tangible things that we can do for one another one another that give sight to who he is and how he does things. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, it, it makes concrete. It's not, you know, living by faith is not all ethereal and airy-fairy sort of mm. abstract. It's it's real life, But it, and there are these very um, mm. concrete reminders of how, how God has blessed us and will continue to. Um, good. Um, well, that's helpful. Let's move on to talk about um, Acts 19, where we were in the evening, the the riot in Ephesus. Um, and in the, in the riot, we saw just so clearly the the way that people respond to the gospel negatively. Mm. Um, you know, when we think about it, it it's hard to see when we, we see it painted in such beautiful terms as we saw in the morning, like how could people reject it with such anger? But they do. And really helpfully, uh, as you pointed out, one of the reasons that they do is because it has a real tangible impact on on their heart and on their their lifestyle um Mm. and their wallet (laughs) yeah yeah that was the thing in view here particularly Demetrius you know he was realizing that actually hmm, if all these people stop worshiping Artemis then you know my little idol factory is going to go out of business and Mm. um it's gonna hit my wallet so yeah I'm gonna kick off against this um so Paul, you mentioned a few examples um of how we see this sort of thing today. Um, you know, the beginning of end and end of life, were the yeah. things you pointed out in the abortion industry and euthanasia, there's a lot of yeah, a lot of money to be made there. Um I wonder if there's anything more you could push into that on just how we see these things today.
1: Well, you know, SIN is extremely profitable, the most ancient um industry there is. Still exists today, and not just on street corners in the red light districts, but uh, accessible through the internet. You know, pornography I think, probably accounts for most money made online, um, and so sin sin is profitable. And so when when the gospel takes root, and there's a turning away from sin and repentance, that threatens these industries which which profit on sin. Um, so. One example is what we saw in Ephesus, which was probably a, a slightly more legitimate-looking business, making idols, um, mm. these shiny silver objects. Um, but the gospel was impacting his bottom line because people were stopping to buying these things. They had seen it was a sham. There's nothing here. Mm. Um, and that will also happen, when I, mean, I gave the example of Wilberforce mm. from you know, 200 years ago, the implications of the gospel for him at his time was to reveal the slave trade to be what it was in all its graphic horror mm-hmm. um, but that was widespread it was big business for the british empire and many others and so if his plans to legislate as he intended to were to come into effect mm-hmm. that was going to hit the pockets of most members of parliament Uh, but also many others across the UK because the slave trade brought in considerable money. Um, So when you've got big business arrayed against the gospel taking root, then people are going to push back. So it took him 20 years to get that through Parliament. Mm.
2: And it was Uh, the influential people that was hitting hardest.
1: Well, exactly. And in probably a slightly less extent, the abortion industry in the UK is big business for some. Mm. Um, And... You know, you have weird stuff going on in terms of legislation and these buffer zones and people being unable to stand silently and pray. Yeah. I mean, what's what's really going on there? I mean, that's you don't see that in any other yeah. avenue. Um, and so there are vested interests there to protect. And it's not just money. There's all sorts of other things going on, but that's just one example. Yeah. Um, the gospel will impact these things. Um, and notice the pushback as as it does.
0: Yeah, you know, there's a team... Um a church here who go out, well, not just our church, but who go out on the street with these education displays for CBR UK. And um, I've been out myself, and it's always striking how sort of, yeah, hard people push back when you're just showing them a picture of the reality of what abortion is and just asking them a simple question, What What do you think about abortion? But it brings out such, such anger. Yeah, not um, even that,
1: just a living child in the womb. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a 12 week old fetus. Mm-hmm. That sparks as so yeah. you, yeah. Know, what sort of stuff have you have you seen yeah. on the streets? Just well, the
0: the the display a month or so ago, there were people, um, sort of shouting and just very reminiscent of this yeah. passage, you know, <laughs> Great. Artemis of the Ephesians, yeah. <laughs> just you know, trying to trying to cover up the pictures, hmm. um, just again like a picture of a, a living fetus and, um, of, uh, you know, post post abortive, um. A little baby who has been killed by abortion and you know people trying to to hide the reality and shouting loudly to mm-hmm. to try and stop rational conversations and it it is these these empty slogans you know people will you you ask them a simple question what, what do you think about abortion and they'll say no uterus no opinion or my body my choice or well it's a woman's issue and it's there's nothing nothing behind that it's just mm-hmm. It's just a slogan. A slogan, and you made, you made that point last night as well that um, when they when they're chanting "Great is Artemis of the Ephesians," there's there's nothing behind that. They they're just repeating what they've heard and shouting it louder and louder to try and drown out everything else. And um, I think as Christians, when we hear people uh, shouting these things, it can be easy to feel like actually, are we are we the stupid ones here? Are we the mm-hmm. are they, we, we the
2: ones in the wrong? But it's not the case is it it's not it it's it's helpful for us to be reminded of that actually just because they've got slogans that are catchy and all the rest of it, it doesn't mean there's actually a substantial weight of thought behind that mm. very often it's the opposite mm. um most people who you know these 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 slogans when you when pushed don't have don't have anything that that's where they just keep repeating it because they've run out their their thinking on it has run dry after the, the trotting out this sort of uh, classic lines but actually, as Christians, we we can have great confidence. Um, the Bible speaks to everything in the world. Um, most people walking around do not have a coherent worldview at all. They'll be happy to hold lots of different things that actually contradict each other. Mm-hmm. Whereas Christians have um, an understanding uh, of and an answer for everything in the world. Um, the Bible is, is comprehensive in that. And so um, we never need to resort to just shouting a bland slogan we can sit down and talk about ideas mm-hmm. a, a, a christian oughtn't ever to be afraid of challenge we we what we've got in the scriptures is robust mm-hmm. it it makes sense of everything mm-hmm. absolutely everything which <laughs> you know we, we can often feel like we're the stupid ones that's how that's how we're often it well no longer we're, we're no longer silly we're actually evil now but that mm-hmm. the actual the, the, the reality is we we see the world rightly mm-hmm. and can answer everything Mm. Um, through the scriptures. It's hard, isn't it, when you
1: know, these slogans are, you know, they are put out very impressively by very well-known people mm. with the full backing of media and social media and you know, trotting out things like Born This Way. I mean, that, that just takes roots.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, Lady Gaga sings that song and everyone chants it back and Taylor Swift, I don't know, I don't know what her lyrics are, but, you know, you know, everyone in the world wants to go and see Taylor Swift in concert, but what she's singing, mm. what are the what are the ideas she's communicating? That's enough to know that they're wrong. Pe- people will <laughs> absorb them and repeat them. And it's very hard when everyone else is singing it and taking hold of these things. That's quite intimidating. Yeah, yeah it is. It is.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, just imagining what it would be like to have been there in Ephesus, like as a believer when everyone around you for two hours it's just it's shouting. a massive
1: you know, I think I said it's 25,000 people could fit in that stadium mm. I don't know if it was full or not but yeah, yeah, it's a lot of people it's noisy
0: yeah it's
1: just you know, you'd feel so
0: outnumbered and mm-hmm. so easily we we feel outnumbered as well um,
2: e- easy to shrink in the midst of it all but I guess you know that related to what we were talking about in the first sermon actually God's word is is and can be utterly trusted and so actually the shrinking feeling of all that's going around all that we can see all that we can hear actually under, underneath all that that the, the, the flame that will never go out is the truth of God's word.
1: That's right I've got to keep calm and not be distracted by the noise. So the bit the very the verse just before this section um, about what's happening in Ephesus, it says the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Mm-hmm. So that's the deeper reality. That's what's really going on. And you've got this silly little riot, which is what it is really. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like that at the moment. It feels quite intimidating. But actually, in the grand scheme, mm-hmm. God's word is prevailing. It's growing. It's doing the work. So you don't panic. Yeah. Uh, don't get sidetracked by the noise. Um, we just keep on with the task. Um,
0: yeah, it's so often just taking that little step back for perspective and be reminded mm. of the bigger picture of mm. the eternal mm. picture. Um, it is, yeah, so encouraging and just so liberating. And yeah, again, as, as you were saying, Josh, that the scriptures speak into every area of our life is again, it's not a, an abstract and detached mm. thing that, you know, we sort of go into this sort of secluded space on a Sunday and that's all separate from our real life. No, it it
2: is real life, and it's mm. that's what's equipping us for real life. Yeah, so you know we we that's that's one of the great slogans, isn't it? Being on the right side of history, but mm. our our concern isn't actually history, which goes back and forth in all kinds of different directions. It's, it's being on the right side of reality and mm. God's words, reality.
0: Mm. And we know ultimately where history is headed mm. and who's mm. in control of it. Um, yeah, well, that's a good place to end. Um, I think this week um next week we are looking forward to having terry mccutcheon preaching mm. to us in the morning um we're not quite sure what he's going to be preaching on but we're sure that it will be good um and then josh you're moving to the evening to continue in luke um
2: yeah four four more evenings in luke and uh, the first of those this week will be coming on from uh, chapter four, 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 4 14 to 30 so if you want to read ahead sure that'll be useful yeah always helpful to read ahead particularly when
0: there's lots in the passages as we found this week uh well thank you very much for listening and hope you'll listen again next week
1: who's joining you next week fraser i'm Uh, back on fraser
0: i'm hoping to take a break i can't actually remember (laughs) it
2: hopefully not me you've got it back in an even keel so you can step (laughs) back thanks for stopping by